podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Acast recommends podcasts we love. Changemakers is a new podcast series with me, Claire McKenna, talking to people who stand up, speak out or challenge us to think a little differently. It's about the greater good, families and children, respecting their own individuality. In the next couple of years, like I hope I never have to have conversations about racism ever again. Like, I just want to get to the stage where, you know, people are just people. Nobody's pooling the resources together and actually being able to show how much of an impact it will make when people do come together. Changemakers with Claire McKenna. Search for it now wherever you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the world's best podcasts, including the David McWilliams podcast, I'm Grandmam, and the one you're listening to right now. Hello, after what seems like an eternity full of relatives for Aero Rocher, and in my case, literally buckets and buckets of snot. We are back for episode 93, the one with an apology for taking so bloody long to get round to doing it. Did you have to get sexy straight off the bat? Oh, I tell you what, well, you know, I I was taking the Mike Phillips cue. Yeah, well. I am not Mike Phillips, as is (laughs) painfully obvious every day of my life. I am Lee Calvert, the editor of LondonMud.com, and he is... I'm also not Mike Phillips, and I'm Josh Gardner of RugbyShirtWatch.com. You can get in touch Happy with Happy New Year. Happy New Year, everybody, finally. I mean, it literally, it's all, yeah, I mean, it's fucking nearly March or something, for Christ's sake. But yeah, it's, um, you can get in touch with the pod at Blood and Mud, and you can get in touch with me at Lee at BloodandMud.com, and there's a Facebook page and all of that, and we're on Acast, and we're on Apple Podcasts. How do people get in touch with you, Josh? Uh, at Josh Gardner, at Rugby Shirt Watch, Rugby Shirt Watch on Facebook, on Instagram, and uh, that's about it. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening and leaving your reviews and your stars. We've, we've had a few five-star reviews. I like this one. He said, mm. this is called, the review was called, five stars, the sweariest rugby pod. Funny, cleverer, and infinitely swearier than certain other better-known rugby pods. This is from Kylie Osprey. He said, Ooh. listen to Lee and Josh, plus occasional guests for your weekly fill of rugby talk as the fan on the terraces sees the game. Not as those in the media call things, he says. Also, you get bonus. We get bonus points on offer for not plugging mail order raises. Well, let me just tell you this, Kyle. That's through no principle. It's because no fucker has asked us. Oh yeah, I would plug the living shit out of Harry's Shave Club or whatever. Oh, whatever the, the hell, anything, anything. Yeah. But we're obviously I, the worst commercial proposition they've ever seen because nobody's yes, ever asked. I, I, so. I don't blame them in the slightest. Plus, there's the fact that I haven't wet shaved in about 15 years. Yeah, but, I have got know, a beard as well. Mind you, I've yeah. had a drink for four years and I still advertise beer last year. So, you know, I'm not letting <laughs> that stop anything. So That's fair enough. We are 100, but don't think that we're not for sale. We are totally <laughs> 100, for just sale. that nobody has tried to buy us, which again, <laughs> it just shows that we're not like Mike Phillips in any way. No, so, not even slightly. To business. In this episode, we have some news, some of which might be quite old because we had it all set up for last week. <laughs> <laughs> we were, we genuinely, genuinely did try to have a podcast. Last we week. honestly, we tried so hard. Well, Josh did. I, I just kept lying in bed. That was. Yeah, I wrote like notes and everything. I did. And you'll never, them. you'll never hear some of those fairly bang average jokes that I came up with. <laughs> but we can guarantee you something. There's never. <laughs> 
a supply of that that goes dry, let me tell oh, you. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's, there's a whole new slew of bad jokes. <laughs> this, but this, these ones weren't quite with, on so, craft. So they weren't crafted with quite so much cheese and chocolate. <laughs> in yes. So we've got some probably old news. We've got what we learned from the weekend. We've got the Cuthbert Police on Cup and a very serious discussion about what we want to do with it. Yeah, um, it's got fucking real. It has got real. It's, it's frightening. It's worrying me. I'm feeling yeah. stressed. I'm not sleeping at night. And... Uh, We'll have a stab at some new rugby laws for 2018, which you've helped us out with. I'm going to yes. give you a little snippet of what I'm calling the loneliness of the long-distance Malander. <laughs> and, of course, then there's uh, the shit good ratings. Welcome back, everybody. We've missed you all terribly. And I'd like to extend a special apology to recently new listener, Lexity Alex, for making her invoicing work even worse last week because we didn't have a pod for yeah, her. Yeah, sorry about sorry that. About and that. all of the people, to be honest, who illustrated the terrible things that they use us to get through, which I'm not <laughs> yes. sure is there's a good things about us or yeah. bad things about us. I don't know us. how I'm going to get through my colonoscopy tomorrow without your pod, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, whatever horrible thing that you're doing this week, uh, hopefully this is proving a, a suitable soundtrack one way or another. So, it might be a new year, but it's the same old shit for us, and we will be starting with a player spotted as usual. Oh, Tom Rand's got in touch via the FB face. That's a Facebook page. I thought FB, you know, to read that out phonetically then. Facebook page. Um, see, I'm out of practice, everyone. Look, we're uh, right back there. <laughs> barely missed a beat. He says, I saw Mac over in Napola in St. Albans, Sainsbury's, selecting fruit and veg while struggling with the, crap, with the crappy plastic bags. Oh, we've all been there. Imagine, he's got lovely hands, Mako, for the big man, but I, I can't imagine those big fingers can, can get that kind of staticky plastic apart. <laughs> I find plastic bags very odd. So, I mean, someone of his mid-size. Tom says the look on Mako's face was the same as it is after scoring a try, collecting a yellow, or generally just not being arsed. Yeah, exactly the same. (laughs) He said, I'd like to say he took a knee after opening the bag and played with his contact lenses, but he didn't. He does do that a lot, doesn't he? He does like to mither with his contact lenses. (laughs) And So there you go. Thank you very much for that, Tom. Uh, Fraser Manson also got in touch on Twitter with the play spotted, and he said, this is this is ba- almost bang up to date, he said, I was at Murrayfield for Edinburgh versus Glasgow and walked past Daryl Marfo getting a telling off from his mum. <laughs> but what you don't tell us, Fraser, is what he was getting a telling off about. That's that's yeah. what I did. We, can you so please I mean, get back in touch and tell us what it is, Daryl? What did Daryl Marfo do? He's a grown-ass man. Like, there, <laughs> a there big grown-ass fine... man. There are a finite number of things that she can be legitimately telling him off for at that point. So, yeah, that's borderline salacious. I'm not sure that... You shouldn't be giving it the Billy Big bollocks and passing 20 metres on your left hand. You're a prop. Probably going to get a mark. I do wonder if, you know, there's is, is there a... Is that too interesting for player spotted? It could be I mean, ruled out that, yeah. It's borderline well, salacious. Fraser, get in touch with us and tell us. What he was getting bollocked about. Unless he was getting bollocked for not putting the bins out last Yeah, or night. something really dull. Yeah. Like that, yeah. Not taking his turn walking the dog. Something like mm. that. Yeah, so there you go. That's a play spotted. We love your play spotted. You can get in touch with us at Blood and Mud, etc. If you want to get in touch with play spotted. Or sometimes it's happy. It's better to do it via the email because quite long. Lee mm. at com. Let's do some news. Yes. There's been lots of... I'll level with you. There hasn't been that much news while we've been away, is there? Well... There must have been the last three weeks. Shit loads of it. You think so? And yet. What have we had? That's, what's, what's the stuff that we all had teed up we didn't? Gareth um, Davis gave, a, gave an interview to Wales Online. When yes. It was about 800 words long, but what it basically said was, I didn't want this job. Weird. My family told me I was mental for taking it. 
everything about the WRU is broken and I need to change absolutely everything if we're going to stand a chance. Yeah. That kind of something, oh, wouldn't it? And also, we need the turkeys to vote for Christmas. Yeah, that's always been a problem. With any any Well, not just the WRU, it's, it's any kind of reshuffle like that where you yeah. have to basically ask the committee men. It's like the FA in football, yeah. isn't it? Ask yeah. the committee men to give up all the power that they've got. Yeah. So, you know, all these these freebies and free dinners and fucking carloads of free kit that you flog at your member clubs that you take a massive cut of every year. Yeah, we're going to ask you to not have that anymore for the good of the game in Wales. That is never going to fire it. There's a reason why King Juan Carlos of Spain was the only bloke who was given a dictatorship and said, no, I don't fancy it, thanks. Let's have some democracy. (laughs) (laughs) Because he's the exception that proves the rule. No other fucker would do it. Nay. Um, So, yeah, speaking of Wales, there has been some Welsh some Welsh news. Uh, Die Young has signed a new contract at Wasps. So, uh, and as obviously, kicked... sorry, you are very, very late for that. I was a bit slow with the finger there. Go on. You were a thing, a lot of the problem, see, like any player when you're out injured, you know, it takes a little while <laughs> yeah. to get that match sharp. Yeah, the match, yeah, the muscle memory needs yeah, to come back. Exactly. Yeah. So yes, Do Young signed a new contract with Wasps and has marked that in the traditional style by getting battered at home by Saracens. Um, yeah, absolutely odd, yeah. Yeah, um, and that means no Wales for him for the next. Uh, I'm not sure he's ever getting it. I think he'd probably need the right no. of the world, didn't he? I think he was he was probably on the short list of three, but I honestly, he's quite you know he's still quite young. He's in his forties. Mm. He's probably gone. You know what? I can. Bide my time, I can improve my coaching CV by maybe winning something at Wasps and then basically get fucking asked to do it instead of having to interview in, you know, six or seven years' time. Which is, you know, not a. Yeah, it's a shame because I'd like, I'd like to see Die coach Wales because I think he, Wasps play brilliant rugby and the Blues play brilliant rugby under him and it's kind of what we need. But... Something to be said if you're him. For I'm not sure I fancy going into that fucking madness. Yeah, the, the other thing is, with any luck, the WRU and Welsh rugby in general will maybe be slightly less fucked in six years' time than it is now. I mean, that's any. We're going back to our original turkeys voted for Christmas thing, but yeah, I see. <laughs> well, yeah. But uh, you know, maybe the turkeys can be compelled to at some point eventually vote for some version of Christmas in which they are mildly. Maybe you can give them a complicated referendum question. Mm. Something like, yes. do you want to keep your job on this committee? Do you want to leave or remain on this committee? <laughs> and then when they vote to remain, they can say, oh, well, that, no, that's not what we actually said. That it yeah. wasn't advisory. Or something actually, like that. Hey, satire. If you, satire. Yeah, if, you'd have, if you'd have pulled the little thing off, you'd have seen it said remainder, which means that you are the <laughs> remainder on this and are therefore discarded. Oh, yes, uh, satire. Boom. Oh, so, I love yeah. a bit of satire. So, yeah. yes, no Die Young for Wales. Also, no uh, no Alice Cuthbert for Wales um, from the end of this season, which some people will be very delighted about. Where's he off to? Uh, no idea. He has said that he is not signing a new contract at the Blues. and I'm presumably... not staying here among you shithouses <laughs> to have a go at me for another, yeah. for another minute. It is, I am delighted for him. Like, he's going to France or he's going to England. Um that he'll score an absolute boatload of tries for whoever he's playing for, probably, because he's finally not going to have to deal with the army of fucking internet arseholes abusing him 24-7 every time he gets a sniff of a Wales jersey. And, you know, more power to him. He's 27. He's a British fucking Irish lion. He's got 40-something catups 
let good good luck to him. I hope he goes somewhere like he'll go somewhere like Wasps or Sale or Montpellier or somewhere like that, where all he will have to do is stand on the wing and be large and fast, and he will basically just make hay. And yeah, more power to him. Why can't I think of the name of that massive blonde Claremont centre? Uh, uh, Rougerie. Oh, Rougerie. Thank you, Rougerie. Yes. See, I've ruined the joke. I was going to say, he could go to Claremont and they wouldn't mind him there because mm. he'd be the person who, who, looks, who looks second most like a horse <laughs> at Claremont. So they'd probably just yes. they'd, they'd, they'd go off a duck's back there. This is true. <clears throat> uh, right, speaking uh, of Welsh Wings, actually, George North isn't going to the Blues. They said that they might actually need to recruit some forwards that aren't in their late 30s to early 40s. Um it's a novel so idea. Sort of... It's a novel idea. Yes. So it, even though Cuthbert's leaving, it looks like George North is going to be a straight race between the Dragons and the Ospreys, which obviously means he's going to the Dragons. He can't be because... looking forward to going to the Dragons, can he? Because as much oh. as there's some positivity around there, they're still like really shit, aren't they? The wheels are... There was some positivity there. But even then, the I think that was, that was overstated, that... generally yeah, speaking. People were so desperate for it to do shit. well. They lost all reason when it came to yeah. this team, I think, but... Yeah, it's not been... Now that the injuries have struck and he has bafflingly decided to drop Gavin Henson, the wheels are fucking off. Did you see... Uh, we're old on this, by the way, but Gavin Henson's tweet. Yeah, yes. I got bumped off Mass- in a tackle and I need to work on it. Yeah. Amazing. Mass- massive props to him for that. Less massive props to Bernard Jackman for continuing to not play him when his team are a fucking shambles. <laughs> Did you see that Are clip of, in Wales Online of Jackman giving that bollocking to yeah. what's his name? I'm and so everyone was going, isn't this brilliant? It was like, well, no, not really. No, it's quite bad, actually, because <laughs> I'm starting to see how he managed to fucking alienate everyone at Grenoble now. It's really becoming it's the way clear. the lad stood up and went, yeah, that's, that's not good enough for me, boys. I'm really sorry, and I'll be working on that next week. So I think it was yes. just like, oh, so you're going to be really fucking inspired now, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, I bet you cannot wait to come into work. <laughs> And yes, mm. yeah, I feel like the the Dragons project may have a, a, some bumpy roads ahead. Why do all these behind the scenes cameras? Is an agreement with just to try I and boost the profile sort of thing? Desperate for anyone to care about them. <laughs> Please pay attention to us. And to be fair, Jackman is very charismatic uh, and open sort of guy. He's charismatic. He? He's very social media savvy, and he's been very open with on. The Twitters and such with people about everything, and yeah, I guess it's part of that. But I, it wasn't a fucking good look. Let's be honest. It wasn't. It really wasn't. Uh, Matt Banahan. Speaking of transfers, Matt Banahan's going to Gloucester, which is weird. Continuing the big lumpen bloke finishing his career after Bath, going to Gloucester after Mike Tyndall. Yes, but, that uh, is true. I hadn't but, uh, thought of that comparison. Uh, it's to be fair to Banahan, you know, we all like to have a laugh. But he's been a very steady, you know, he's too slow and all that. But he has actually been a really steady pro. He, he covers across the back line. He absolutely has. Back. I mean, he's played, he's solid he's as played you like, 12 you know. top flight level. Whoever thought they could say that at the start of yeah, his career? He's the only walking 12. It's like he plays sort of like that old man's <laughs> rugby sort of thing. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, is there such a thing as walking rugby? Because I'd be well into that. There's got to be well, yeah, probably when I played, even when I was when I was in the twenties. But yeah, it's uh, the um, yeah, yes. So he's off there. Um, it's a lot of money to spend, I suppose. Is the only thing that you might say on somebody who's a bit old. How old is Matt Balahan now? He's got to be in his thirties. Thirties, I mean, got to yeah. be. Yeah, 
You and I just don't. I don't see what he offers. Like, well, the thing is, they've got. He's thirty-one. He's not that old, actually. To be fair, he's not that old. No, but he is. I mean, imagine how much. It's a lot of money to pay. For, it's a lot of money to pay for what could be a squad player, I suppose. When you think they've yes. got some decent centers there already, but no, it's definitely. It's just weird. He's, he's at least he's dependable, to... though. From a Gloucester point of view, I suppose they want somebody. They go, I can put you in, and I know what you're going to do. At least that's what he does at Bath. When he goes to Gloucester, the madness will set in. Yes, and he'll probably he'll lose start, all his dependability. And he'll become... start trying to run sideways. Yeah, <laughs> or he'll just find some way to, to really make a mess of it. But The best thing they could probably do, I guess, as Gloucester is just stick him at 12 as yeah. a big lad and just let him smash over the gain line constantly. Yeah, and then get but, people like Sharp like, who's still around. and Yeah, and Owen Williams to sort of be, basically be the fucking safety blanket for Owen Williams at 10. And I don't know, it's, a, it's just a weird sign-in. And I, th- well, I think, you know, if you think about him at 12 and Trinder at 13 or something, that would be pretty mm-hmm. decent, you know. Well, we'll see. We'll see, won't we? I don't well, think it's yeah, a madness of it. It's not madness of a signing, but it's, no, it's, it's just odd. a. It's a bit of an odd one, isn't it? Um, we, I missed this because we weren't on last week, but I didn't miss the mm. fact that Gary Graham is in the England squad. Yes. Who is well. Gary Graham? Everybody said. <laughs> so, because we don't know anything about him, I'm just going to make some things up about him. Yeah. He's Gary Graham. He's the son of the former Arsenal manager George Graham. Really? Wow. Um. He's got. He, he appeared as the young Harry Potter in the cot scenes. Oh, right. the baby, that oh, was wow. him. And also, he's got a fanatical and obsessive love of badgers, so much really? so that anything that's black and white, he refers to as a badger. So basically, Newcastle United are badger United. Yeah. He calls Everton Mint badger chews. Right. Uh, barcodes are badger codes. Yeah. Ebony and Ivory by. <laughs> Um, Stevie Wonder and Paul McCartney was it's called the Badger Song. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know all that. He loves them. So that's Gary Graham. Well, What's he like at rugby? Known, no fucking yeah. idea. Little known fact: he was named after Golden Graham's, the popular 1980s serial. Yeah, and he was his dad's actually is Scottish, and he was odds on to play for Scotland until he saw Stephen Graham, the Scouse actor, doing a Scottish accent in the Damn United <laughs> as Billy Bremner, and decided never to play for that country again. Yes. Probably on a serious <laughs> note. What what ridiculous! Like, given that last time we were on, it feels like the RFU was banging on about other countries picking players who played for England under twenty to add to yeah. eligibility, and were stealing them, and they wanted the rules changed. Yeah, the RFU Who don't did... understand irony, do they? No, it's not their thing. For, former Scotland under twenties player Gary Graham, son of Scottish international Gary Graham. <sighs> what can you say? I mean, no Matt Kvesic, no Don Armand, no Mike Williams, even though two of those are technically not even English, that I just uh, said. Brendan O'Connor, that guy, uh, he was yeah. for something uh, decent, yeah. wasn't he, when he was at Leicester for a while? Before Leicester's yeah. back row turned to utter shit. More of that yes. later. Yes. But, I mean, it's going to make, if he ever does play for England, it's going to make for a fucking interesting Calcutta Cup scenario, isn't it? I don't forget how far down the pecking order is it? it's just odd I don't get it I think Zach Mercer's ahead of him personally even though I he's there as an apprentice so. it's very odd I would hope so but it, well. it's 
It's just weird, isn't it? We'll see. Last I bit just... of news, which everybody's done before. Unless you've got anything else on that, sorry. I'll cut you off there. Um, no, I was just whinging. So right. You may have heard my dog barking there. I've got a new dog and it keeps barking. Oh, yeah. It's nice to add a little bit of you know, variety because we've got my cat meowing and now your dog barking. Yep. So, I mean, maybe if Paul comes on, he can sort of bring a parakeet or something. <laughs> yes. Yeah, well, he bases most of his shirts on a parakeet, I think. So. Um, <laughs> that is true. He is. He has the most magnificent plumage of all of us. So. Uh, last bit of news uh, is that Guy Nove has finally been sacked. Fucking hell. Jack Brunel can't be any worse, can he? Well, he did all right at Bordeaux, didn't he? But I all kind right. of feel like we said it can't be any worse <laughs> when Nove's took How many times can he say three. it, yeah. And like, and then Noves becomes the first French coach of the professional era to actually get sacked before his contract was up, which I have is missed, impressive. I have missed Jack Brunel looking like a cartoon gendarme in the coach's box, though. <laughs> it's very true. And he, he always looks pretty... like he's looking in the back of a spoon. Yeah, His face looks but... like it's reflected in the back of a spoon, Jack Brunel. But remember how shitty he was with Italy? Oh, he was awful. And he just looked like... He, I've never seen anybody look like they could give less of a shit, apart from maybe exactly. Guinove. Yeah. And now... And also, instead of having like proper full-time assistant coaches to you know help, he's going to be assisted by various Julian Bonner, isn't it? John Baptiste yeah, Salle, yeah, and somebody on a else. part-time ad hoc basis when they're not working with their clubs. And it's like, how French and insane is that? I do. It did remind me that Julian Bonner still exists, this, and, and yeah. I fucking loved him when he played. Oh, what a player yeah. he was! Good lord. Amusingly, actually, I, I saw in the week Guinovez saying that um, if he'd have been the England coach, he would have got more time because, you know, they understand that you've got to develop things and you've got to build a team. <laughs> like, if Eddie Jones had finished fifth in his first Six Nations, he wouldn't have seen the summer tour, let alone fucking having, what was it, 35% win percentage after two years and going winless in an autumn season. And also, I'm... Eddie Jones would have been a faint, distant memory as we. Welcome in the glorious the fact that era of still Martin wasn't Johnson. Wasn't giving you any single clue of what it is he was trying to do. No, there Choose, was no achieve game plan selection. Nothing, not yeah. a clue. Fifth and third, and I was when well, I double checked that they'd finished third in the Six Nations last year. I couldn't quite believe it. When they joined third with everybody else, <laughs> yeah. Because wasn't every wasn't I there think like they three were players on third. three teams on third? But, yeah. yeah, but I think they were actual third on points difference. Oh, but they... still, but come still. on. They were shit. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, we'll see how Jack Brunel goes in the Six Nations. Yes. Probably amusingly. We'll see how Vakatawa's career continues now. That'll oh, yeah. That'll be the test of the madness. If the madness yeah, that... is set in, Vakatawa will still be there. Yeah, I mean, isn't he actually playing 15s rugby now? Though? He is now, actually, yeah. That's in 92, yeah. So there you go. That's the news. Have you got any more news? Uh, no. Right. Lost the news. That is the news. What did we learn from the weekend? Did you ever talk about that? Well. Well, well. Um, I learned that if Dean Richards hadn't been so fond of a joke shop, he could have had quite a lot of silverware in his cupboard by now, I reckon. Funny enough, I wrote something down about Dean Richards. and I Because what I learned about him this weekend is that nobody ever points out that he's a disgusting, cheating twat anymore. No, I feel that's, that should be done more often. He is a nasty piece of work. 
I can't uh, believe he's still got a job. How do people every week not go, yeah, he's doing all right in Newcastle, but if you remember, he had a massive fucking disgusting conspiracy to cheat the entire game. Does anyone remember yeah, that? Yeah, it was like, and it wasn't just like gamesmanship. It was like properly cheating in an institutionalised top-to-bottom way. Oh, and he also threw a doctor... And one and of his own, own players under the bus, under the to try and get off with it. Ah, oh, they should yeah. have done. Good coach. They should have Good done. Good coach, though, isn't Good he? Coach, though, and he's a rugby man, proper rugby man. Mm. He, um, they should have done a poorly from Goodfellas, like with Henry, and they should have just said, "You look me in the eye <laughs> and you lie to me. Now I'm going to turn my back on you and give him like a roll of money." That should have been the end of it. It should have been. And yet here we are. But yeah, right, he's doing a good line. job at Newcastle. But it is—it still astounds me that it isn't pointed out more often. No, it's like it should be disgraced. Newcastle head coach Dean Richards should be the default way that he's described. This is what surely. makes me laugh about when people talk about rugby culture and how it's different and stuff. It's like I'm sorry, but if this was probably another sport, he wouldn't have a job ever again. Yeah, because it's, it's basically sort of... match fixing. Yeah, he. Well, yeah, it was attempted match fixing. It was a, attempted absolute like the only sort of analogy I can think for it is maybe like the NFL with the New England Patriots thing, where they just cheated on numerous occasions and got caught and then been punished quite severely, but nobody's ever lost their job over it. Marseille, like, how is this? Yes, football, Marseille. They got, they yeah. all got, they all got sacked. But the point is, it's just amazing. That it's yeah. just, you know, that, and I wouldn't, I would accept it if there weren't so many people talking about constantly banging on about the moral culture of rugby and how it's wonderful. Yeah. If we had just accepted that in a sort of, you know. Yeah. It's as corrupt in, in many ways. Way. It's just corrupt as every other sport you want to name, perhaps. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah, Speaking so. of Budgate, actually, do mm. you know that Tom Williams, he of. He of the blood. Cutting, he of the blood and of the cutting his own lip thing uh is now uh assistant coach of england under 20s is he yeah hmm. how old will he be now did he get another contract after that he's, he's 34 he did he um he went to he could probably name his price couldn't he after that today got... i'll keep yeah, stuck well, got, if you pay suspe- me he got sus- he got suspended for a year but quinn's kept him around i think they kept him around till he retired well, they'd have to wouldn't they otherwise he'd, 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 to... have, he'd, have, he'd have squealed like a canary exactly yeah basically he had a job for life <laughs> um yeah he right. played quinn's till 2015 so he's 11 years at quinn's 208 appearances well, yeah, your point is, yeah, he's well made. One, one mm. On one level, he should never have a job again, but on the other level, he won't get the England job ever, will he? This... No. And it's clearly his coaching ability is above average to excellent, but he will always have to do, in the same way that Sam Allardyce will never get a big job again and will now have to sort of slum it sort of in various, like... Just collecting million-pound payoffs from lower-level yeah, teams, yeah. yeah. Earning lots of money doing grubby things. In the same way that Grey's, Grey and Keys have to work in, <laughs> in the Middle East. Dubai or Abu Dhabi or wherever the fuck they are. They have to go work they in basket-case countries to earn money, basically. <laughs> yeah, basically. And Dean Richards is basically that, in that he will never have a really good job ever again. Because he should be, he would be nailed on for Leicester again, wouldn't he, probably, at this? Oh, God. And well, you imagine what he, like, had he not been such a fucking dickhead, what he could have won if he'd have been able to stay at Quinn's with all that money that they've got, with Nick Evans in his prime, he could have won more than the what they won. They won the Prem, didn't they, after he went? But 
they definitely could have won more than that. And yeah, and he'd, like you say, he'd be absolutely nailed on to go to Leicester at the moment. He'd he'd have been in the England shout. Like, yeah, the, apparently, but the rumor is that, that Leicester are getting rid of uh, talking about flirting Matt O'Connor. By the way, I didn't talk like news. That's that's because I think once you've just started booting coaches out during the season, once you've done it once, that's it. It doesn't matter anymore, does it? Yeah. Well, it becomes the. I don't, I don't want it to cross. Get, it's kind of like Swansea City in the football. It's like once they started sacking coaches every year when things weren't going well, it became de rigueur, and now they do it every year. And now that Leicester have just started fucking hiring and firing coaches left, right, and centre, it's like now they're just going to be their default option when the wheels start coming off. Oh, fuck it, sack the coach, see what happens. I don't know you have a, recru- a cohesive re- player recruitment strategy if you keep doing that. And they've got a serious problem with their player recruitment, Leicester, I think. Oh, no, God, their squad no is all it. over the place, Forwards isn't it? in particular, nightmare. Yeah. Um, right, anyway, what did I learn for the weekend? To, to, to make it more serious for a minute, uh, I learned this weekend that Nicky Gonover, and I can't believe I haven't noticed this before, but Nicky Gonover has got an absolutely massive arse. Has he really? I massive. can't believe I've noticed that before. I'm going to start yeah. calling him Nicky Two Stools from now on. Because <laughs> that's <laughs> massive. I mean, he's a big lad anyway, but his bum yeah, in particular is, 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 is a prime slice of rump. Some, some junk in the trunk, he has, as yeah. they would say. Oh, yeah, you're right. No, he's... Uh, it's, it's a sizable uh, posterior back it's there. It's well upholstered. He is. Played very well at the weekend. Good player. He did play very solid. well. Solid. Absolutely <laughs> yes. solid. Leicester, great player. That's one player Leicester should never have let go. Quite. Funny one when he did yeah. go. Yeah. Really weird. I'd rather have him than Johnny May. Oh, fuck yeah. Johnny May at fullback, by the way. We didn't get a chance to talk Ooh, about that. That, that was, was <laughs> funny. That was hilarious. Bouncy ball, never slap back, that. fall over. Brilliant. <laughs> that was never do that again. It would be what if I was sitting in the video analysis room on Monday? I would, I would just write, let's never do that again. Do you want to talk I'm me through that, Johnny? Yeah, how how has this happened? Why, why has this happened? Yeah, so Nicky got a Nicky two stools has got a magnificently large bum. There you go. Acast recommends. Podcasts we love. Changemakers is a new podcast series with me, Claire McKenna, talking to people who stand up, speak out, or challenge us to think a little differently. It's about the greater good, families and children, respecting their own individuality. In the next couple of years, like I hope I never have to have conversations about racism ever again. Like, I just want to get to the stage where, you know, people are just people. Nobody's pooling the resources together and actually being able to show how much of an impact it will make when people do come together. Changemakers with Claire McKenna. Search for it now wherever you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the world's best podcasts, including the David McWilliams podcast, I'm Grandmam, and the one you're listening to right now. Yeah, I learned that uh, Billy Vunipola in a Saracens team makes them a very, very different and scarier proposition than a Billy Vunipola less Saracens team. Yeah, and I told you uh, as well, being back helps. Yes, and I think he was, it just shows, I suppose, how good a team you are and how good a squad you've got. Anybody loses those two, it's a problem, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, Toje was fine, but, you know, I don't know, he's come back from a broken jaw in four weeks and I think he's probably pushing it. But Billy just looks back to being Billy, which is very good news for England and very good news for Saracens because they just, Wasps just mullered them, uh, got mullered by them, I should say. Like, there was no, 
There was none of that sort of hesitant, like the Saracens have lacked something direct in a ball carrying sense without him. And they've tried various combinations to get it in there, but it just hasn't worked. And with him back, all of a sudden, everything that they do works. In an interview like, after the game, he said, um, he said, yeah, I was knackered. I was glad to be substituted off when I was, to be honest. Don't tell anybody, he said. Yeah, you just said it, mate. But it was uh, the, funny enough, Wasps were favourites to win that game. Yeah. Because of Saracen's run of form and Wasps mm. being at home. And I did look at it and think, mm, that might be worth some money if you were betting. But because, uh, and then, of course, they battered them pretty yeah. much. It's, and it, it was, that's the thing. It was kind of, it was reminiscent of Saracen's last season, wasn't it? Where yeah. they just. You know, they did some, you know, they were down to 13 men at one point and they yeah, just they were, did that yeah. infuriating thing that the Saracens do of just every setback that they hit just made them more determined and more driven and more bastardly on defence. stupid. I mean, their analysis is ridiculous. So they'll know all they have to do is time their run into the playoffs. Yeah. That's all you've got to do, isn't it? You, have, you don't have to be perfect all season. Especially if you're losing a few players, they'll know they can build towards being in form at the right time. Wasps used to be yeah. a master of doing that. That was they Wasps really thing. Did. They, used to, they were like they used to like dawdle and piss about till about January almost, and then yeah, Leicester were exactly the same. Yeah, Leicester used to do exactly the same. They were just you know until a season or two ago they look fucking out of it by Christmas, and then in the last month or a half of the season they just switch into. I, yeah, I think Big it used mode. to be easier because there was a significant gap between the top four and everybody else. You could almost drop a few that points true, to stay yeah. in that top bracket. I'm not sure that's the same this year. It'd be interesting to see what I don't happens. think it is. Well, because people keep losing, don't they? Hence Exeter yeah. at Newcastle at the weekend. So mm. It's a lot like the league is because, you know, for all the talk of the money pouring into the league and its virtues and problems, it's it's bringing things a little bit closer in terms of a competitive balance sense to the point where you think, yeah, maybe, you know, the top half of the table could probably all take points off each other in, at various points of the season. And that's better than the sort of Saracens, Wasps, Exeter procession that we've had over the last season or two. Indeed. Well, that's another weekend. Claremont are really struggling. <laughs> Did you look at that Claremont team though? They got absolutely dicked by Rassing in their weird six in their weird pretend stadium. Yeah. But did you look at that team? Like literally, aside from a couple of lads in the pack, I don't know who any of those people are. It almost is like they've given there was a, when I looked at it, I thought I did check the teams. I looked at it and I thought they've <clears> always <throat> just given that up. I think they're obviously going for the European Champions Cup this year and maybe giving well, up on the league because they're down in. 10th or something, aren't they? The yeah. 14 or 9th? And they lost the week before to... Who did they lose to the week before? Um, I can't remember, but basically they've lost... They've got nobody left. Who did they lose to the week they, before? They've got horrendous injury problems. They've lost Cami Lopez. They've lost Morgan Parra. They've lost uh, Raka for the uh, for the season, it looks like. They've lost Noah Nakatathi for the season. They've basically Grieg's lost. injured. I mean, people forget that. Yeah, Glacial Grieg isn't doing anything. It's like this. Ooh, it's worse than I thought. The week before, they narrowly lost to. Cast. 37 29. That isn't getting old for me. It should be, but it's <laughs> it should. not. I need to get more. I've got that. I've got that. And I've got. 
listen to how bad that is. But it's uh, yeah, I'll have to put some more into the old. Uh... The... Yeah, we need a sound box. Uh, obviously, we've got the Taggart theme. We've got Die yeah. Young. We've got Cast. I mean, there's a song by Cast on All Change called Four Walls. Do you remember it? No, it's got the not. worst lyrics. Literally, it's these four walls are destined to stay. They say I'm guilty and the guilty must pay. All I'm asking is to have a my say. Do you think I'll ever get out? Cast were awful, weren't they? (laughs) I still still maintain that it's not as bad as Star Sailors. You've got your daddy's eyes and daddy's (laughs) not. Anyway, we we digress. Yes, Claremont. More of this in our indie our nineties indie (laughs) podcast. Yeah, ninety minute cassette indie Mm. podcast. Uh, uh, Yeah, so Claremont are literally like it's like the fucking hospital in the Somme. Yes. In Claremont at the moment, and that's probably going to put paid to them winning anything this season, you'd imagine. But they have kind of got infinite money, so that's <laughs> and that true. can solve a lot of problems. And they've got Leinster. That's a problem. Biggest problem is Leinster in the European Championship Cup. Yes. I mean, and for Sar- everyone. Yeah. And yeah, Saracens. And La Rochelle. I actually feel like, you know, I don't think we will, but we the Ospreys might actually give Claremont a game if they continue to play as they are. That'd be hilarious, wouldn't it? One thing we did live the weekend is Robbie Owen sent to us, who's a writer for the, for the uh, a very, very good writer for the blog and also appeared on the pod one week. He said he's learned that there's, there's no gain that the Ospreys, the Ospreys proving repeatedly that no match is ever safe enough to bring off Alan Wynne-Jones. Alan Wynne-Jones. No, this is very true. The Ospreys <laughs> with Alan Wynne-Jones and without Alan Wynne-Jones is so comically awful that it kind of doesn't, like he departed at the 60 minute mark. Ospreys were 24 14 ahead, and they scored another try like a minute later, just after he went off. And somehow they managed to lose that game. They managed to win that game 29 28 in the end. They just, they don't like, it's like you take the, he's like the, whatever the the thing in the hot water bottle, like, yeah, and the, you just take it out and everything just rushes out, and all of a sudden you've got a when wet I, bed. When I was at uni, one of my, Still one of my best mates, Roger, was he almost went pro at rugby league when I was playing rugby mm. league at uni and he went to uni and said he was at Fe- he was on Featherstone's books when they were good and stuff. He was a loose forward, he was massive, he was brilliant. Just a big unit and hands and everything. Mm. And he at that our team was like that. We played Newcastle once, we were forty points to ninety eighteen up and he went <laughs> off. And we lost the game forty four forty. He was just on the he was on the touchline, just shaking his head. What the fuck are you doing, <laughs> Roger? Please come back on. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so what else have we learned? Uh, yes. Weekend? Other things I've learned. Um, I've learned that in all competitions, Leinster are going to take some stopping. They've literally got a team of like thirty international players now. Even the ones who were like twelve terrifying. years yeah, old. All they're <laughs> used to... They've got so much depth, and so much of it is like exciting young talent. I would back Leinster against any team in Europe. Because Carl is injured, who... isn't he? And it's like, yeah. oh, what are they going to do oh, now? Fine. Oh, well, that's not. Oh, Jordan Lama, like one of the most promising <laughs> Irish players I've ever seen. Brilliant. God, he uh, runs well. Have you seen... I've not seen a lad run like that for quite well, some time. He's Christian Cullen esque, isn't he? It's oh, wonderful. Oh, gorgeous. We'll get to that. Um, but yeah, like. What they've done to those other Irish teams over the festive period has just been ruthless, and we're not talking about shit here. Yeah, the Ulster Monster team at the week, and the Ulster team. team of the weekend, backlining. I mean, yeah. you know, they're not having a, you know, they're having a yeah. big season Ulster, but even so, they, they're not a oh, they thirty no odd point hump, yeah. are they? 
No. They're good teams, and they've marmalized them. Like, it's, yeah. Ulster, on the other hand, no sense at all. Like, <laughs> last four results, right? They put 50 on Quinns, then they got dicked 44-16 by Connacht, then they come back from 17-0 down to beat Munster, and then they get dicked 38-7 by Leinster. Like, no, it, yeah, they just no they can't decide if they're good or bad on a week-by-week basis. Like, God knows if, how you predict what they're going to do with their season, and God knows how you stay sane as an Ulster fan. But good luck to you, if you are one. What else did we learn from the weekend? Uh, Northampton are jammy, jammy, jammy swines. Because mm. that was never a penalty try. Nay. Never. No idea. Yet, Looks at it about three times. No idea. Makes no sense. And But they've, they've got their new coach bump, so, you know. Yeah, even though he probably needs a bump from a car engine to get him going in the morning because he's about 197 <laughs> years old. He really is, like... I he mean, looks he's... like old father. He looks like Methuselah. <laughs> yeah, he looks like a sort of, this is what you look like in 30 years if you keep smoking and eating pies every day. <laughs> yeah, that, that TV of... programme yeah. used to have, where it showed you what you yes. like if you kept with your diet. Yeah. But, like, it could be that the Saints need an injection of sort of elderly, no-nonsense, back-to-basics rugby, because, I mean, it can't be any worse, could it? No. While while we're on uh, Saints, shall, shall um, I went to see Jim Mallander? Oh, did this you this week? Yeah. Oh God, how's he doing? Well, I had a bit of a chat with him, and this is what he had to say for himself. He was in his living room, so I had a chat with him in his living oh, room. Oh yeah. I've just paused home under the hammer because I was getting. Uh, a little overexcited by how much the gentleman was about to realise in profit on his terraced house he'd bought for £72,500 in Stoke. His budget had drifted a little, so I, I was a little worried that he'd be very disappointed. So, I mean, I've not much to do now that I've left Northampton. I phoned Dorian earlier and to have a chat, but he said that he's not sure that we should talk and it's better that we, we have a clean break. I said... Of course it's better that we have a clean break. That's the best way to get tries. We've always said that in team meetings. He said, no, not not that kind of clean break. He then just went quiet and said he had to move some tackle bags, so I let him go. I've tried the Happy Shopper custard creams this week. I have to say I'm very disappointed with the cream to biscuit ratio. I phoned Harry to tell him, but it went straight to the answer phone. It It usually does. Anyway, let's have a look at this house then, shall we, eh? Hmm. Well. Oh, he's made £17,000 before costs. He says, he, ooh, he says he's going to buy another one and try to make a profit on that as well. That That's good. It, it's nice to have something to look forward to, isn't it? Like me waiting, waiting for Harry to phone it. It's been five days now. I'm sure I'm still useful to him, though, even if I'm not very useful to anybody else. He doesn't sound like he's doing very well, does he? Oh, God, that's harrowing. That was... <laughs> I mean, what can you say? He's... 
He's clearly taking it very hard. He's not taking it very hard. I mean, I mean, I mean poor Dorian. I mean, you know, I mean, Dorian's still got a job. Unbelievable. Yeah, he won't exactly. even speak to him now. Terrible. I know. It just shows there's no. You don't make friends in this sport. <laughs> you don't, do you? Anyway, what else? What else did we live? That was that was the loneliness. That was the loneliness of the long distance Malander, by the way. Yeah. I think I've learned all I need to learn. <laughs> right, so what have we got now? Uh, anything else we have for the weekend? I don't think we did, did we? Uh, oh, I'm just going back to my list. Well, I'm all discombobulated after that. Um, new Year, New Laws. New Year, New Laws. Yes. So we said, have you got any idea of some new laws, either sensible or stupid, that you'd like to do? Dan Bridal got in touch on Twitter at Blood and Mud, and he said, I'd set... Celebrating the op- law he's suggesting is, is that celebrating the opposition making a mistake or celebrating a penalty being awarded, with the possible exception for a ten-minute goal line stand. I like that the way he's qualifying mm. that mm. should yeah, result should result in beheading. I mean that is extreme. But, it um, is, but I do like the idea of medieval punishments being brought into the game. Yeah, why not? I, I mean, mean, yeah. I mean, it will it'll create more space in a sort of rugby league sense. <laughs> You know, there will removing be players out. by beheading them. Yeah, that yeah would. there is more space out wide then. So It'd be like a battle of the bastards scene by the end, just bodies yes. everywhere. Yeah, just 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 George Ford just crushed by a bunch of dying men in the middle of it. A... And it will it will make the games gone soft. Uh, cohorts go quiet, oh, yes. won't it? Which, which speaking always... of which, just before we move on to this, the Joe Marler incident. Speaking of laws. Oh. That was the most obvious piece of shit housery that should result in a red you've ever seen. And still, Absolutely. the volume of people who were like, a red for that? You're joking. Yeah. Well, it's it's like another chapter in his fucking Encyclopedia Britannica of shit housery now, isn't it? But, like, John Kingston after the game was like, oh, lots of players clear out like that. No, they don't. Do they? <laughs> Do they target by clearing out the head of a defenceless player who's barely in the ruck anyway? A player in France shoulder? did it at the weekend and didn't even get yes. a penalty for it. No, and, and that was on Mashner, wasn't it? The, yeah, it was. um, yeah. He literally yeah. got air, got genuine <laughs> big air. Which I was think the funny. pen said there's a video of it, because he ran in from the side and torpedoed mm. into him. And yeah. mashing up and flew through. It was, like a fu- it was like a fucking John Woo film. He flew yeah, through the air was, in slow was, motion. Yeah. It was remarkable, and yeah, like uh, you despair. You despair. But it yes. was art shithousery from one of rugby's most consistent shithouses. Let's be honest. So, what other laws could we have this week for this? I've got one: no using bandages on the legs of forwards to make lifting handles anymore. Oh, they have to use the pockets or the scrotum, like in the old days. <laughs> like it should be. Or you get two choices: you don't get lifted at all, or you have to be fired out of a cannon. I like it. Because that, again, have... that'll stop the game being soft if you get fired out of some kind of artillery. Yeah. Or like when, you know, you know when cheerleaders make that sort of oh, thing, yeah. like sort of a human trampoline thing, they could do that. And people will be able to catch Dave Ward and Ross Ford's throws then. Yes. Because you could like yeah. launch him 300 feet in, 300 feet in the air. Yeah. Um, I think that one of Rugby's new laws should be that teams that use kooky try gifts on social media, <laughs> oh, God, immediate, God, immediate forfeiture of the game. And yeah. to be honest with you, even clubs that use non-kooky try gifts, immediate docking of <laughs> Just two try match gifts. Points. There's no need yeah, for try them. Yeah, try gifts full stop, two match points. It is the greatest. If you're being, if you're being kooky and dancing, you forfeit the game and I should probably disband the club. It's the, 
it's the it's the greatest threat to Western democracy. It's like it's, it's like the, this century's red peril. The try it's, it's it's the North Korea of social media. I think a rule should be brought in that the word ball is replaced with bastard in all commentaries. So therefore, <laughs> after receiving the pass a little high, Marcus Smith couldn't quite shape himself to drop and send the bastard through the post to win the game. Or on wet days <laughs> like, like this, that. the bastard is very slippery. <laughs> who can who can forget the first Lions test of 2017 when Bowden Barrett scooped the Bowden Barrett scooped the bastard off the floor majestically? <laughs> I think it probably helps if you then make all commentators northern. As well. <laughs> it does, I suppose. Yeah, it wouldn't work with yeah. Bard, is well. Imagine Mark no, Robson's speak... voice. Well, no. See, exactly. <laughs> speaking actually, speaking of commentary, one of my new rules is you aren't allowed to be involved in the commentary of a professional rugby game if you've played for either of the teams involved. I that's, don't care. Now what I Stuart support Bond, that call. Yes, wholeheartedly. I don't care what Stuart Barnes has, Barnes has to say about Bath or Jiffy has to say about Wales or Delalio has to say about Wasps because they're all fucking inherently biased. Or who go about Quinns? He's almost in tears yeah, well, when Quinns are doing yeah. well. Also, you're not allowed to do commentary at all until you've been retired for at least ten years because nobody <laughs> wants to slag off their mates. Yeah, that's true. What else have I got? Part rules apply when lesser nations such as Japan, Samoa, and France play New Zealand. <clears throat> Yeah, so, for example, Kiwis are allowed to jog. Yeah. Once they've got 30 points up, they have to lose a player. Drop kick all conversions. Yes, all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. You got any more? Uh, can I be vaguely serious for a minute? Yeah, yeah carry on. Some people have been serious. No, we'll get on to can that. Can we in a sort out when a player is tackled and when he isn't, please? Yeah, there was because another. Uh, Marcus fucking... Garvey at the weekend had this, didn't he? Yeah. Like, I'm so sick Not of Marcus players Garvey. clearly being tackled. The tackler releasing them to compete for the ball, and the player just getting up. Like it's happening all the time. I mean, you've got to be held with both knees on the floor. No, only one knee. One knee on the floor. Yeah, and that's happening all the time. And refs just letting it go. And it's like, no, just stop the fucking like. Oh, I of course went Matt Garvey for Bath, by the way, not Marcus Garvey, the Jamaican nationalist leader. Easy done, though. Easy to confuse the two of them. I did miss that one, but um, <laughs> I kind of wish I hadn't. I mean, yeah, not Mark, not Jane Garvey either. No, who's very upset about her pay, quite rightly so. Rightly so, yeah. That's, that's inc- incredibly topical for us. Isn't it, but, yeah. Uh, yeah. What else have we got, then? International captains can play a joker at any time in a test match, meaning that the opposition have to play Ben Bottaker at standoff for the next 20 minutes. I'd like that. I'd enjoy that. Last stupid one. Crouch bind set to be replaced with going my way, sailor. <laughs> I'd enjoy that as well. Right, from Twitter, lots and lots of people said they should have specialist scrum referees. Interesting. They actually should, shouldn't Interesting. they? Interesting. Mm, NFL style. Yeah. Just make them know what they're doing would help. Just make Brian Moore referee all scrums in all games. See, because the thing is, the trouble is, though, because shitloads of us don't know what's going on at scrums, mm. Brian Moore could be talking utter nonsense. Yeah. But he sounds incredibly plausible and we believe him. Yeah. Do you remember that? Do you remember that? Those people were getting married in Mauritius and the, the, the people were talking in the local dialect and call it, and the, the local priest was calling them infidels and everything and now they were going to be struck down by God. <laughs> It feels a bit like that, in that, you know, it's like, well, I've got no idea what you say, but I'm sure it makes sense, you know. Yes, it's, it, it could be the classic, you know, walking into a shop and they 
switch languages pretend thing so they can talk about you behind your back. You ain't got a fucking clue. They could be saying anything. Yeah. He could be doing... Yeah. Brighton Moore could be absolutely full of shit. He's probably not. But no, exactly. But you be. don't know, do you? But yeah, scrum yeah. refs, I think, it'd be difficult. I suppose the game stopped anyway, hasn't it? And, Pete, mm. and, and we play rugby around people being treated on the floor. So it's not a problem with an extra person being on the pitch, is there, at scrum time, I suppose? No. Or make them a video ref if they need to be. It's probably easier for them to see what's going on then anyway. And spider cam and all that. Yeah. Also, loads and loads of people also saying that the squint line out and scrum feeds need sorting. Oh, uh, that I, fucking not, ship has I'm not bothered about now. the scrum feeds anymore. I'm really not bothered. No. Uh, the, the, squint, the squint line out may be... Um, what I do want to, I'd, I'd, I'd happily let scrum feeds go if they just start refereeing forward passes properly. <laughs> yeah, that's the I big mean, one for me. I would probably, I'd let scrum feeds go if they made lineouts be straight, because that does grind my gears. Because they never are, no. even a little bit. What do we have off Twitter for this? Cami Black of the Scottish Rugby uh, Podcast, <coughs> Scottish Rugby <clears throat> Blood Podcast. Uh, Cami Black, hello, Cami. He said. Uh, there's a should be one called the Mish exception, which is Hamish Watson is never offside or off his feet, no matter what it looks like. Right. I mean, somebody did say that that's already been done by Richie McCaw. Yeah. I, I mean, do like the fact of... that the Mish exception sounds like some kind of daytime soap spin-off made by Grampian TV, like a crap Jason Bourne for Scottish. I was going to say telly. it does. Uh, it does sound like a much less successful Bourne sequel, doesn't it? It does. What else do we have from Twitter? Andy Howells got in touch on Twitter. What, the Andy Howells? No, Andy Howells. Oh, okay. Not Andy Howell, the hated journalist. Yeah, because I was going to say that would be a bit of a coup. <laughs> I'm not sure how much um, of a coup we'd want, but yeah. But anyway, he said, please, God, did any. I say... Did I say coup? Yes, he did say coup. <laughs> yeah, Andy Howells, he got in touch. He said, Please, God, anything that speeds up the game and results in fewer spot stoppages. Experience of watching live rugby so often is very poor. Also, reduce the number of subs per team. I genuinely think that there's some mileage in reducing subs because unless it's like I like rugby, <laughs> and <laughs> for what I don't, I don't really like is just watching fucking two lines of massive blokes smash into each other for 80 minutes because the game is supposed to be a bit more than that. Yeah, and... it's meant to be a different shape to rugby league, isn't it? For a... I love rugby yeah. league, but rugby is meant to be a different game for a different reason. Yeah, and we're heading down a, you know, let's not do that. Let's, let's, let's let people be tired because funny things happen when people are tired, you know, especially when big lads get tired. The trouble is, because you could say well, you'll need some front row swaps, for example, for safety reasons. And people just lie about being injured and stuff, won't they? You can bring all kinds of rules. <coughs> well, they do that already. I know, yeah. It's... But yeah, there is something to be said about, you know, eight replacements coming on is ludicrous. Yeah, just make it three like football. Hmm. And then allow injury ones as well, I would say, but have three tactical subs per match maximum. Uh, Martin North got in touch on Twitter and he said one member of every 23 selected anywhere in the world and at any level must be named or temporarily renamed Aled Brew. <laughs> is it, is like when they retire a jersey, like, like Jackie Robinson's jersey in the, in the yeah. Major League Baseball. Like every team has retired that. A, yeah, everyone's got an Aled Brew. <laughs> yeah, I like it. I do like it. We're all Aled Brew. I mean, aren't we all Aled Brew, really? 
We are well. We certainly want to be, and if not, there's something wrong with you. If Love you don't to want be. to be. Yeah. He was great again at the weekend, busting he through was. tackles and everything. I love watching him now. I never used to love watching Nada Brew. No, because he was some... shit. <laughs> but... <laughs> yeah, let's be honest. Why did you like watching him? Because he was shit. <laughs> but all of a sudden, he's great. He's just <laughs> angry big lump that just smashes everything in his path. It's great. Love it. Magnificent stuff. Uh, what else have we got? Any more things that we've got here? Uh, Alan McDonald said the rice pudding defence for potential penalty tries. If the covering defenders couldn't tackle a rice pudding, they're not to be taken <laughs> into consideration. Yeah, all right, fair enough. You could also call that the uh, Christian Wade. He defense. did mention Christian Wade as well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bob, final one, Bob said, for accumulative yellow cards, uh, the opposition can pick which player they want in the sim bin. So if you've got about, you know, if you keep getting yellow cards you, on the fourth one or whatever, you could, or the third one, you could say, right, then who do you want to go off him or somebody else? Yeah. Yeah, interesting. It's interesting. Interesting, interesting. A little bit harsh. You just picked the ten, yeah. wouldn't you? Some of them are a bit daft, but it's a nice, it's nice to have a conversation. You know, it's nice to have yeah, a chat through fun, these things, isn't it? It's fun to speculate about these things, isn't it? So, are I we reckon... getting some actual new rules, or are they? Weren't they supposed to be reviewing the new it's rules that they brought in? Consultation now, isn't it? Yeah, uh, God, have they have they voted to stick with this insane breakdown rule? Oh, please tell me that isn't going to go. It's on, but they, they brought it in. The trial of it in the southern hemisphere, haven't they? I saw people on Twitter oh, talking Jesus. about it, and people were like, "What? What? So?" Uh, what you can't do, yeah. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome maybe to our if they last kick off, maybe if they it's kick shit. off about it, they might, yeah. it might change something. Usually, that's what happens. I'm hoping so. Do it for the good of everyone, Southern Hemisphere. Don't let this shit happen. That's the end of new laws for 2018. Yes. I think we've got shit good now, haven't we? I think we have, yeah. And then we're done. Well, right. before we do shit good, oh yeah, there is one very important thing that we oh, need yes. to deal with, um, yes, sorry, and I that know what is you're talk about, yeah. it has fucking all been going on in the Cuthbert Police on Cup over the festive period. Because you forget, we went into the Christmas schedule with Worcester, newly crowned holders of the CPC. Mm. They barely held the fucker for a week before palming it off to an increasingly worrying-looking London Irish on the twenty-second of December. Irish then lost narrowly at home to Newcastle, which seems weird given what happened on the weekend. Um, and then they lost narrowly again away to an increasingly shit-looking Leicester. Mm. So, yeah, but surely that, that does leave us with the... We're in, a, we're in, we're in the holes of a dilemma. Well, I tell you what, on the one hand, it's exciting because surely this weekend the CPC is going to make its first ever trip outside of Europe because Irish host Russian champions Krasny Yar at home. However, they also have Krasny Yar away next week because it's a double-header scenario. Mm. And I'm actually a bit worried that if Irish don't get it back, if basically, if Krasny Yar finishes the European group stages with the CPC, which looks possible... I don't know what we're going to do with this whole shit watch thing. But it's the last game of the season as well, isn't it? It's Krasny it Yar's last game of the Krasny, season. That game is Krasny Yar's last game of the season until I don't know whenever it stops snowing in Russia. <laughs> Stop asking me. I can't be bothered to look. Ages. So that's a problem for one. And also, Krasny Yar are by some distance the best team in Russia. It's them and Ensei who've basically won all of the leagues for the last few years. So as soon as Krasnyar start up their Russian league schedule, they are almost certainly going to palm it off to somebody else 
who... And then that'll be that. And then that could well be that, because the odds of... It will take a very, very, very fortuitous group of circumstances where basically Krasnyar would have to lose before the opening round of next season's Challenge or Champions Cup. Cutting to the chase. Yes. What we're saying is is that we're not sure we can stand for it to be in Russia. Um, I wouldn't mind it being there for a while, but I can't see a way that it ever gets out. Now, the, the CPC has shocked us and surprised us all before. We should never look too far ahead with these things. However, <laughs> I think we need to see how it goes in these two matches. We will. And then we might need to make some fairly... Because surely London Irish can win two games against Krasny fucking Yar. That's the first thing. Well, that's the problem. Well, that's the problem. They have to lose, don't they? Yeah, well, it's fine them winning as long as they lo- they've got to lose away to Krasny Yar or we are going to have some logistical right. and philosophical decisions to discuss. <laughs> so what we're saying is is that <clears throat> if it does end up in a situation where it's locked in Russia, we may have to take a view. And the favourite yes. front-running view at the minute is that we then do a bit of research and find out who's got the worst losing streak in Europe, go back to the original, reboot it, Give it to them and start again. Yes, we'll probably call it something else. You know, we'll give Krasnyar. We'll yes. give Krasnyar in in the in a fucking World Cup Jules Rimet kind of way. We'll let Krasnyar keep the the Cuthbert Police on Cup, and we'll create a new cup, probably named after two players who are currently badly in form. I don't know. Yeah. And watch this and we'll, space. Yeah, as it stands at the minute, the, London Irish still have it. Yes, and let's hope that continues. It just shows because... you no good comes of being in the Aviva Premiership. <laughs> and certainly no good comes of going in the Challenge Cup, let's be honest. The no, Challenge Cup a double is a waste, whammy, isn't it? It's a waste of time, and it's brought us nothing but misery. You're wasting your time. And it could have, ru- it could have ruined this beautiful two-year It's amazing it's kept going for this long, to be It's fair. great. It's, one of my, it's probably the, my favourite thing that I've ever created in my <laughs> entire professional life. <laughs> And yet, Krasny Yar and the Ruskies could break. See, it's, it's, this all comes back to, you know, should, there are people saying that we shouldn't let it go to Russia on humanitarian grounds. There is that, isn't there? There is true. I mean, no, given that we're is... quite right on, we can't be playing games over there. Well, exactly. It's like it's like boycotting the World Cup, isn't it? We, you know? we, we've slipped up, me and you. We've got no razor adverts. You know, mm. we're not the biggest pod in the country. You've got like the no. rugby pod with Andy Good and them who are basically just like a misogynist roadshow. We've got loads of listeners. <laughs> you've got um you've got that fucking Toby Young twat who basically just tweeted look at the bangers on that for five years and has got a big government job. Yeah. We're sat here being decent people. What do we get for it? A lovely loyal means, band mate. of community following us. That's yes, what we get. And thank you very much, all of you nice people. Um but it does go to show that uh cunts prosper. <laughs> So, yeah. If you're thinking about that's how the name of the next Star life, Wars film, by the way. Yeah. So if you're thinking about how you want to live your life, it's probably <laughs> that. To be honest, if you want to get ahead, but you know. Anyway, right. Let's go on to the shit good ratings. <laughs> uh, let's. What are we doing first? Uh, should we do good and then finish on shit? Because right, it's fun, isn't it? John Cook got in touch via email with a shit good oh. novel. And he said, as a former front row, may I nominate James Phillips's old-fashioned smash everyone out of the way unstoppable from 10 oh. metres try for Bath on Friday? 
can a lock score a try of the season? Because I don't think there's much <laughs> chance I'll enjoy another one any more than that. It had everything. Surprisingly deft step at it the did. start. Uh, a handoff to the face, which I always enjoy. Um, some surprising pace. Yeah. I'll give him that. And then capped by a large man posterizing the fullback when he really didn't even need to <laughs> before he goes over. What's that funny was the is, is that Chris Peddle ran around him to get in front of him and then <laughs> just, just got, again, <laughs> like all... like Maxime Machado, got significant air when he ran up. <laughs> best part was it that Phillips could entirely have just slightly altered his body trajectory <laughs> by like half a degree and he'd have just gone over the line. And it, instead, he adjusts. And lines up Pennell as if he's going to say, well, I'm definitely taking you with me now. <laughs> so, oh, it's magic. I loved it. It was a wonderful Absolutely try. Loved it. Speaking of lovely tries, uh, did you see the John Afoa try for Gloucester? When yes. Owen Williams busted it with that lovely offload. And, and Afoa oh. ran that lovely sort of Emmett Smith line from behind him. <clears throat> yeah, where was that? <laughs> what business of props got running that line? He's been looking at Vincent Cock, obviously thinking, oh, fancy running these lovely angles like he does. Mm. It does go to show that front rowers are now the only fucking rugby players on the planet who could run a decent sport line. Oh, ter- terrifying. What have you got as good? Yeah. Uh, we mentioned him earlier, but uh, young Jordan Lama. Lamor? Lamor? Yes. Lamor? Whatever. You know, you know how I go with pronouncing Irish names, everybody. <laughs> that's, that's, um, but yes, the dream of a carnyless future for Ireland. <laughs> Just got a step closer because he is fucking electric. Um, yeah, yeah whether Christian Cullen, Brian O'Driscoll, whatever you want to compare him to, we are dealing with a singular attacking talent. He started seven games and scored tries in five of them. And it's not just the tries, it's the way in which he it's runs the way he the scores them. It's unbelievable. <laughs> that try against Munster. Oh. Speaking of oh. Carney, did you see Dave Carney looking like he was wanking himself off under the blanket? <laughs> yes, that was wonderful. <laughs> which is officially the only, you know, helpful thing. That At least that did for once in his life this year. And it, and it did for once explain the look on his face because he looks like that all the time. But at least actually <laughs> that, that did give some explanation to it. Yes. What else have we got? Speaking There's, of good go tries, uh, Sinotti Sinotti. Yeah, Mark Parsons on Twitter mentioned oh, that as well. Yeah. What a step that was. It's the fact that he's like bow-legged and massive as well. Yeah. He and shouldn't be able to do that. Yeah. He's old, like big and bow-legged, and yet absolute monster of a player. Him on one wing and, you know, Nicky two stools on the other wing. Yeah, I mean, they're not the most aerodynamic of wings partnerships I've ever seen. But who the fuck needs to be, exactly? Let's get some big Polynesian lads on, though. People you know, love a big lad, that Joe Cockenasegas in the England squad again, despite the fact yeah. that, I know, just because he's massive. Again, he's the Will Skelton thing. I reckon if he was four-stone lighter, no chance, but... Yeah, he said, what, he scored his first senior try on the weekend. Yeah, he had a nice offload like, one of the games as well. But Lewington did, looks hand, but, um, more handy, to be honest, if you ask me. If but. you're a winger and you scored one try, I don't care if you are 18, you shouldn't be in the fucking England squad. It's the physical specimen thing. It's just that he yeah. must be amazing because he, there must be something you can do with him because he's so big, but we'll find Let's out, won't we? Let's be honest, Eddie Jones has long had an absolute rager for a lump. <laughs> Hasn't yes. he? But he always has a kind of lump and a creative one, doesn't he? Because you remember, like <laughs> his like perfect pairing was was Joe Roth, who was a proper winger, and then that giant yeah. fl- that giant plank Ben Tune on the other wing. Yes, exactly that. And he's thinking at the moment. He's thinking, I haven't really got a massive lad on the wing yet, because <clears throat> no. he's got. Look at his wing options. 
There aren't that many really big. Noel's English not small, but he's not massive. Noel's really. not small, but he's not massive. You know, Elliot Daly's nothing. Normal size, isn't he? Yeah. You know, Johnny May's small. Christian Wade is small, and you wouldn't pick him in a million years anyway. It's, you know, he wants a. Watson's he kind wants of athletic a, big, but not big, big. Yeah, and he's not a winger. He's long term futures at fullback, and we all know this, but like. Yeah, he just wants somebody that's going to physically intimidate people on one of those wings, doesn't he? And he probably looks at Singer and just thinks, yeah. yeah I mean, he is. Think. I mean, I saw, him, I saw him up close playing for the under-20s. And I'll be honest, he was massive. Didn't do much, though. However, Zach Mercer was playing in that game and looked like he was a different species <laughs> to the other, the other young is, lads there. He is genuinely... He's going to be one of the best players in the world. Like... It's terrifying how good he is so young. Yeah. And his dad, I remember his dad playing for yeah. Halifax in rugby. He was like unbelievably bog standard as a winger. It just shows you, doesn't it? Yeah. Talent sometimes is not whatever they call it. Yeah. His brother's not very good either, is he? No, he's all uh, right. Guy, yeah, but he's not. Yeah, he's guy's not. playing for the... Guy's on loan at the Ospreys this season. He's done fuck all. <laughs> Well, can you hold that against him? No, no, you can't, I can't. You can't blame the operator, can you? There. To be fair, yeah. Right then, what else have we got? That's good. We've got uh, uh, Tom Pollock got in touch on Twitter. Said, "Good was that Saracens performance? Yes." He also said that it was shit. Was the return of the soulless sides of North London? Yes, that is true. Oh, yes. Sean Sean Kerwin got in touch on Twitter at Blood and Muddy. He said, "Good is Leinster's young guns coming through, like Andrew Porter mm. and, as you've already mentioned, Jordan Lama." Uh, just two names out of the manufacturing line that is the Leinster Academy. It is true. It's incredibly impressive, isn't it? Uh, the the youth system there is astonishing. They they just they, where are they getting these players? I from? don't know enough about rugby in those parts, but I do know that rugby <clears throat> generally, because I've got family over there, is a kind of private school game like mm. in England. But I'm not saying that is completely true. But yet that's where it's come from. Oh, I'd be interested yeah. to know whether they've got because I don't know whether Leinster has that. The province has a huge battery of more private schools to pull from. Whether they've actually built a really good club culture over there as well over the years, I honestly don't know. But um, I think there's a lot of that whole, you know, Blackrock College and all of yeah. these private schools that they all play. I think that is still kind of the way that. And that's fair enough. I'm not saying anything wrong with that. I'm just interested absolutely. to know if it's crept out with the success. Whether it's crept outside of there yet. Mm. Uh, right. What else have we got? It's good. Have you got uh, else is good. Yes, good. Uh, Dan Bigger. Him and Reese Webb have basically just been extending middle fingers every time <laughs> they've put on a fucking Osprey shirt this season and just gone, ah, yeah, this is what you're going to be missing next season, Wales and Ospreys. Um, bigger on Saturday afternoon against the Blues was just a bit like, we all know that he is not a natural passer and distributor, but like his kicking game... When he's on it, fuck me. When he was he, looking like one of the best people around, it was when it was that kick chase was working for him, wasn't it? And, yeah, and, and he's kind of adapted it. He's not doing the kick to recover thing mm. like he used to as much, but now he's just, you know, in this era of kick pass madness that Bowden Barrett has created for us, he's basically just gone, eh, I'll probably do that. And he is, like, what was it? He set up three tries purely out of just absolute pinpoint on a fucking sixpence kicking out of hand 
and yeah, it's not a bad thing to have in your locker as a an international ten, especially if you're not the best passer of the ball. Because you managed to nearly lose that game, though, didn't you? Oh, massively so. Yeah, we've we've discussed this. The Ospreys are still a fucking shambles. Don't get me wrong, but him and Reese Webb are absolutely streets ahead of everybody else. The reason else. why I laughed when he started talking is because it reminded me of all the headlines this week where it was saying Dan Bigger has decided not to change his mind about his 650 grand a year contract just because Jim Mallon yeah. has left. <laughs> yeah, <like> massively, <laughs> massively shocked about that. <laughs> yeah, seems like, what, Jim's not there anymore? Oh, no, I don't want the oh, contract no, no, anymore no, then. No, 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 <laughs> he's very, I'm very disappointed about that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anything else that's good? Uh, also, in the old Wales players not all of a sudden looking good again. Jamie Roberts has played like yeah. a fucking man possessed. Maybe he's trying to up his, his, his Japan money offer. I don't know. He's, it looks like he's like, I wonder if he, he looks like he's slimmed down a little bit because he's got some of his zip back and like he actually hits the line at pace again. And when he does, oh, he is still a friggin' handful. Of, oh. Yeah, hitting the line at pace, a novel concept for Jamie Roberts and for Wales, but <laughs> see how it goes. Maybe he's not... The thing is, people worked him out, didn't they? And probably because he's not mm. done it properly for so long. People have forgotten yeah. what he does. And they go, yeah. oh, oh, I'm Instead gone. of just ambling towards the line, he now hits an angle and just runs like a bastard at it. And Pumps people go, legs. oh, no, he's big, I don't like it. <laughs> um, Anything else that's good for you? We want uh, to shit. No good for me. Let's go to shit. Let's go to shit. Tamana Harrison's entire head of hair. <laughs> oh, actually, I should say, in, uh, I'll add to that, uh, Dave Denton's top knot. Every oh. time I see it, Harris has got, got a beard, and, and yeah. I can't really explain what is the, the top of his head is anymore. It's a hate crime, let's be honest. He looks it's like a crazy. kind of member of a kind of slightly middling, crappy peripheral 80s tag team in the WWE. You know, the ones that come on and lose to the Bushwhackers or something. Yes. Or the yeah. you know, heels or stool, stooges of the legal, Legion of Doom. <laughs> He'd be the one who'd get the Doomsday device done to him. Yeah, basically, he is 700 different hair metal band guitarists. Oh, it's horrific. Smashed together in a large Hadron Collider and then bulked up. A it's bit. one of them ones. I often ask this question. I don't understand what you ask for when you go to the barbers. How would you explain <laughs> that? There's loads of yeah. people you look at that and you think, I don't know what you ask for. Um, I think the truth, the truth is that he asked for nothing. He just was given it. That's all I can think it's like of. John I mean, Inverdale, what does he ask for when he goes to the barbers? How do you get your hair to look like that? <laughs> he sort of looks like a weird, like Hobbit, in a way. It's the sort of all-around beard and yeah. then weird, scruffy fantasy hair. character type thing. Yeah. yeah, he looks like a bad, like fantasy role-playing game character. The sort of thing that you'd create him and then you're like, no, he looks like a dickhead. It's the, like, it's the weird... What was his name the... again? The, the the John Madden guy? Oh, uh... Oh, fuck. <laughs> fuck, what was his name? Beef something. Oh, Clarence Beef Tank. Yes. <laughs> Still brilliant. Clarence Beef yes. Tank. I mean, arguably, though... That isn't the worst haircut. Maybe that's maybe that's had. the uh, maybe that's the plan with Eddie Jones and Cocker the Seagull. Maybe he sees him as his Clarence Beef Tank. He can just yes. bring him on yeah. and smash lines out of the way and yeah. stuff. Let's before we get you know. I mean, obviously, it's, he's got a weird Abraham Lincoln beard at the moment. He hasn't got he? Yeah, it's very yeah neatly square, a square. Yeah, beard. it's square, and he hasn't got a moustache, but he has got the beard, which 
I'm Gym sorry. Strap. Yeah. You always look like a twat when you've got one of those. <laughs> I don't care. I, I, you know, yeah. I've been there. I did it. You, I looked like a prick. You're like an Amish, Amish or a twat or an Amish yeah. twat. Yeah. It's still not the worst haircut Tamara Harrison's ever had, though. Because remember that time where he had dreadlocks and a shaved head? Oh. He just had dreadlocks at the back, and the rest of it was like number one all over. I mean, I've got to admire him in a way. Take some stones. I mean, yeah. In the same way that you have to take your hat off to Jack Noel not giving a fuck with all of that shit. He like, says it's because of his, like, you know, fisherman background and stuff. It's like, I'm sure fishermen can't have been dressed like that in Cornwall <laughs> in the 70s. Can you imagine? <laughs> yeah, I've not seen many fishermen. I mean, I'm sure there were a lot of fishermen in the 80s that had bad mullets. But yeah, but so everyone really... did, didn't they? That's exactly. Fine, you know? It was just a style thing. Anyway. Anyway. What, what else? Have you got anything that's shit? Uh, yes, loads. Um, <laughs> <laughs> obviously. We've been away it's been for like three weeks. weeks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, firstly, number one on the shit list with neon and an underlined thing, Marwitodje's personal hashtag. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, it's with deep oh. regret that I have to inform you all that, yes, Marwitodje has started adding the personal hashtag, hashtag MI4, to his Instagram posts. Now, it could be that he's just a massive fan of Mission Impossible 4 Ghost Protocol, or he's a great admirer. Nothing about that film no. suggests anybody should be that big a fan of it, but yeah, I know where you're no. coming from. Or, I mean, he could be a great admirer of the now-defunct British Intelligence Division responsible for aerial reconnaissance. Good knowledge, good uh, yes, good research definitely, there. Definitely didn't look that up. Uh, <laughs> it's more likely that he's trying to boost his personal brand or set the stage for the launch of his own sportswear range or fucking. Do you think he's been paid to do it? Whatever. He must. I reckon. You know, I, has he signed a deal with like Under Armour or something? And then they oh, say, start God. tweeting out this hashtag. Is this how these things work? I wonder if yeah, if Adidas are going to launch some Maruitoje Mi4 boots or something like Adidas that. Adidas is Toji. Yeah. It's very depressing either way. You know, maybe he's got his own cologne coming out. I wouldn't put it past him. Maybe he's got his own poetry. Roger Federer got his own monogram and everything. Oh, and remember when he did it at Wimbledon and he came out with the gold monogram blazer. What a prick that made him look. (laughs) Ugh, yes. I mean, maybe he's got his own, like, poetry anthology coming out and he's calling it MI4. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Because does he still do the poetry? Probably. Or is his, his hands red raw from clapping? He can't hold a pen anymore. <laughs> he does that voice to text thing. <laughs> Texty talky thing. Yeah. Uh, um, although, interesting though, that he's used the number four. Because is that his a second veiled, row? Obviously. Is that his veiled way of indicating he's not happy being played at six? <laughs> Imagine that. I'm picking you at six this week, uh, Maro. We have Eddie. Hashtag MI4. MI4. Yeah. I've got it monogrammed. It's here on my shirt (laughs) to make it simple for you. Uh, Right, what else have we got this shit? Worcester's defence versus... We've already mentioned Chris Pennell getting bossed, but generally Worcester's defence versus Bath was absolutely... In fact, there were numerous, numerous examples of absolutely fucking awful defence this weekend. Yes. Uh, Alex Livington's got good feet, right? His feet are nowhere near as good as George Ford made him look. For that try that he scored. George Ford, yeah. honest to God. You know what? And sometimes you think, well, one-on-one tackling's out. And then I remember, I watched the Rugby League World Cup final. And I'm sorry I'm going there, right? Australia were fucking out on their feet in the last 10 minutes. And they didn't miss a single fucking one-on-one tackle. They kept England scoreless. So it is possible to do it. So these people who keep missing tackles, it's just unforgivable. 
it is just, it's getting worse as well, isn't it? The Ospreys' defence is an absolute shambles this season as well. And that never used to be the case. They used to be able to do things. <laughs> I know, remember they... you when you could do things. <laughs> but everybody, the Dragons on Friday night against the Scarlets on Friday night was some of the most embarrassing defence I've ever oh. seen. I mean, it's Imagine just... the amount of like, calling out and humiliation of people Jackman's going to have to do in his yeah. video session. Yeah. I mean, the only teams that can seem seemingly still defend are Leinster and, to a lesser extent, Munster. And Saracens, when they and Saracens, get yeah. together. And that's a bit of, you know, there are four teams in Europe that can still defend. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> it's a brave new world, everyone. Oh, yes. What else have we got this shit? Tom Dare uh, got in touch on Twitter. He said shit was Saints. Again. Poor structure, yeah. no cohesion, wonky technique. Fuck it, I'll do it myself. Fever, feeding a daft number of overly ambitious Hollywood offloads. Yeah, and also, young Malinder seems to be in full. My dad's gone. Well, and that's I'm probably why he's not ringing him. He can't face, yeah. can't face ringing him, can he? Well, I mean, maybe that's the thing. Maybe they're not talking, but whatever's happened, he has gone. <laughs> he has gone from being the one bright spark in an absolute shit show under Jim Mallinder to being a fucking liability. My mate is a big rugby league fan. He texted me at the weekend. He, at the weekend, he said, I've just been watching some highlights of, of the rugby union over the, the Christmas. He said, I just wanted to ask you a question. I meant to ask you, is that Harry Mallinder lad joking? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, he's just not had a very good game. He said, yeah, but is he joking though? He must be joking. Like, no, but I take your point. <laughs> Uh, shit for me, yeah. uh, the Kings. Oh, yes. You know how in Super Rugby, because of when they have odd number of teams, each side gets like a bye week and they get a week off and are automatically awarded like a bonus point win for some reason that I never yeah. really understood. That's effectively what we should just replace the Kings. Yeah, with. just cut the middleman out. Just, just Save all the travelling. Their games. Save the yeah. air miles. Cancel the games. Give every team that was due to play them a bonus point win because that's just what happens anyway and it will just be quicker. Speaking of the other South African team, a cracking win for Treviso at the weekend, by the way. Yes. I mentioned that earlier, but it was a, a magnificent win. Yeah, the definitely. The Cheetahs, you know, it's, it's actually getting, like, the Pro 14, despite them saying, oh, these new conferences are going to make things really more exciting, it's really not, because yeah. basically the playoffs have been decided, with the exception of one slot, maybe. While you're talking and, about Harry Malander, Ian Bradshaw got in touch on Twitter. Apple and Muddy said, shit, was Harry Malander getting stepped? I, a.k.a. confused by a slight change of direction by Dave Ward. <laughs> if there's one thing he has proved this year, it is that he is fantastic going forward and a fucking liability in every other regard. I mean, being stepped by Dave Ward is just... It is bad, though, isn't it? You can't go much lower, can you? No. <laughs> You've hit absolute. <laughs> That's twelve step bed. time. That is. Yeah, your 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 fingernails are dragging against the bedrock <laughs> there, aren't they? What else have we got? This shit. Uh, Owen Williams' goal kicking. He did some lovely things for Gloucester with ball in hand. Yeah, but when you has, lose yeah. a game, but when you lose a game by a point on the last play, you are going to look back at those missed kicks that you shanked a little bit more critically than you would have if. They'd have won that game, which you know they still should have won that game, but uh, it wasn't a good look. Simon Martin got in touch on Twitter. He said, "Shit, is Matt Hampson been in hospital?" That is shit. But good is that he actually seems to be on the mend. So that's oh, good. Good, good for him. Glad. Well done, Matt. Good we, wish you all, we wish you all the best. 
Indeed. Uh, what else have we got? Shit. Now, you see, I think this should be good. This is fucking brilliant. Manuel Marfan got in touch on Twitter and he said, shit, is Vince, Vince, Vincent Clerc being on the jury of Miss France while his team were playing European rugby? <laughs> I kind of assumed Vincent Clerc had retired. No, but he's that still is around. Glorious. Isn't he at Salon now? Uh, don't know. Let's find out. Yeah, I'm sure uh, he's at Toulon because he was at Toulouse for years, wasn't he? But he's, um... Yes, he is. He is at Toulon. He's made 10 appearances since 2016, presumably because his <laughs> because Miss he... France duties really got in the way. That's just the most French thing ever, isn't it? <laughs> Where is he? He's judging Miss France. Oh, he's judging Miss France. <laughs> oh, oh, well. And it's why the didn't fact you that say? if that was here, it'd be. He's where? Wait till I fucking get hold of him. Whereas if yeah. France is like, oh, yeah, okay, fair enough. Oh, nice fair one. enough. Yeah, yeah. Oh, of course. No, why didn't you say? <laughs> <laughs> you want any tickets or what? Uh, what else? Well, it's we like got? when, it was like when, uh, watched one of the French coaches, like, was it the coach of uh, Bordeaux Begler last year missed his uh, that away game against Exeter? Yes, he Because did, he was doing he? TV work. In France. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you look after it, lads. I've yeah, got some telly fun. to do. <laughs> it's just a wonderfully Gallic nonchalant. Love I love the ideas. Well, you know, what difference going to make on the day? I've picked the team. Yeah. I've picked yeah. the tactics. You know, somebody else can dish your bollocking out at half-time. It's not going well. Yeah. You don't need me. Yeah. <laughs> You've all, you're all tired of hearing me giving you a bollocking anyway, so we're going to get Clive to do it today. <laughs> I've given him the script. I've given him he's three not... options depending on how the game's going. <laughs> uh, let's be honest. He's not called Clive. He's French. <laughs> he's called Cleave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right then, what have we got? More shit oh, from Twitter. Gareth Williams uh, got in touch. He said, shit, is the made-up interpretations of laws by Nigel Owens? Uh, I didn't see this game, but apparently they weren't very happy with him at the weekend. Uh, Nigel had a bit of an interesting day on Saturday. I didn't see the it. game, but apparently yeah, it was... Uh... It was a little eccentric, should we say. <laughs> he said, shit, is Bernard Jackman's ability as a coach... And then is also Bernard Jackman's dis- delusional press conference chats. At the end of the day, things are. It's weird how quickly the wheels have come off this Dragons project. <laughs> Everyone's like, going into Christmas. Everyone's yeah. like, "Yeah, Dragons are going places," and then they lose <laughs> all three of their Christmas derbies. And it's not just the fact they've lost. There's something. Some, I know Something's they've got some injuries, horrible. but basically, he dropped Gav. Yeah, he committed the cardinal lesson sin. All, lesson to all of you. Drop Gavin Henson at your fucking peril, mate. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it, it's not gone well for him, has it? No. And at least he's making friends in the squad, though, you know? So. I mean, the thing is, nobody's asking difficult questions, are they? No, not yet. They want to be the best region in Wales in three years. Good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> He's also basically said that like half the players who are playing for him at the moment aren't going to be there next season, which is massively motivating. So and then on it's top true. of that, he basically plays them in slow motion, going doing things he don't want to do and bollocks them in public. Yeah. Literally. It's, must... In Wales' national newspaper, he allows videos to be published of him bollocking them. Very specifically. Look at the way you were, you were stood there. It's weird, isn't it? I kind of feel like it comes from a place of good intentions... But the result is that he will absolutely lose that changing room. I felt sorry for the, the guy who had to stand up as well, because what else could he do? 
The camera yeah. was there. He couldn't because it may be what if the camera was there, he might have stood up and gone, "Don't you fucking speak to me like that." Do you know what I mean? Because <laughs> yeah. you know, I've seen that happen in a dressing yeah. room. Yeah. But because the camera, there, he had to be. He had to be all, "Oh, I'm sorry, mm, sir." All all that. Mm. <laughs> You're right, Bernard. I'm so sorry. Mm. <laughs> anyway, any uh, more yes. shit? Speaking of Wales, shit is Wales's back three options for the Six Nations. Who? Who? No Liam Williams, no George North, no Hallam Amos. Half Steph injured. Evans barely back from suspension. Half Penny in indifferent form. Cuthbert just back from injury. Cuthbert, and Cuthbert. Yeah. <laughs> Keelan Giles out for the season. Uh, no wonder people are screaming for Josh Adams to be given a go because he's the form fucking winger in the Premiership. I, well, and, I'm not being funny, but surely Aled could cover all three positions that he wouldn't be able to. Well, yeah, at the, at the same time. I, well, yeah, that's what I meant. Our Lord and Saviour, Aled Brew. 11, um, 14, 15, Aled Brew. And 13 and 12. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Scotland have got uh, terrible uh, injury problems as well, haven't they? A month out from the tournament, you've got to feel for them. Yeah, it's classic. It's classic uh, small Celtic Nations post Lions tour shambles, isn't it, really? Because usually. It's not France... as bad as England, though. At least you've picked sevens that people have heard of. <laughs> That's true. But, like. Usually France win the Six Nations after Alliance Tour because everyone's fucking injured from the home nations. But this time, I think Ireland and England have got strength and depth enough to probably mm. cope with it, whereas Wales and Scotland have not. That Wales-Scotland game, it's the open game, first game of the tournament, isn't it? That looked quite interesting. Mm. That looked like it was a decent... Well, it might still be interesting, but you've got to feel for the fact that a bit... You know, well, now it's going to be sort of like a, as much about who isn't there as who is, which will be a pity. But Pumpy microphone. What else have we got? The shit. Mark McVeigh got in touch on Twitter, and he said, "Shit is Ian Tempest using the TMO to check a grounding, then retrospectively giving the pen for pulling down the mall, giving the penalty try, which decided the game, and then yellow carding the wrong player." <laughs> this is the Northampton game, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, it was. Yes. It was quite. It wasn't the... great, was it? This is why TMO shouldn't be allowed. Just say, you know, well, I'm sorry, yeah, I'm not giving it. The thing is, I am all in favour of TMOs, but when they get it wrong, still. Yes. Just not a good Unless look, it's a 100% it? outcome game, then basically you shouldn't have one. Well, it, you know, it comes back to what I said the other week. Make a decision, and then if there's fucking indisputable evidence to prove it wrong, then you change it. Otherwise... Leave it out. What else have we got that's shit? Uh, I think that is my... I mean, Joe Marler, obviously. Done that one. Yeah. I, don't, I think I'm pretty... I'm I shitted out, to be honest. <laughs> I've shit me bolt, as it I'm were. All, I'm all out of shit. I'm so lost without you, etc. Exactly. I think that'll do us then, for this return. Yeah. Only just the yeah. hour and a half. Yeah. Keep it, keep well, it on to there. be fair, we had three hours. We've missed three weeks. It should have been three hours long, this minimum. <laughs> yeah, strap in, everybody. We're going for the full <laughs> three hours. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you for your Indeed. patience. Hopefully, it's been worth waiting for. It probably hasn't. I understand that. It's fine. But, you know, I hope you've, you've, hope, you've, hopefully you've enjoyed it's whiling than... away 90 minutes with us. Yeah, hopefully it's better than whatever you had to do last week when we weren't around. And so. we'll see you next week. Um, and there you go. Cheers. All the best. Ta-da. So long, everyone. Sports Social Podcast Network.